Hi, welcome to the Totem Podcast. I'm Helen Fruin from Totem and I'm joined today, as usual, by Mark Smith. Good morning, or good afternoon, depending on where you are. And today we're talking about working from home, which given coronavirus, lockdown, all things life-changing, most people are either, they've never worked from home before, and this is a complete shock to the system, or maybe like me, they've done a bit of working from home, but this prolonged period of doing it is a bit of a shock to the system. Whereas you have been doing this for like 10 years. So you're like a veteran expert on working from home. It is true. I, I have been doing this for a very long time now. So, and, and doing it with um, a company of psychologists and doing it whilst living with a psychologist means I've had plenty of time to analyse um, the ins and outs of, of, what make, of what working from home is, is all about. So um, today is about sharing some top tips and um, really just encouraging people in uh, any new adventures that they might be on at the moment. Brilliant. Well, dig in. What's top tip number one? Top tip number one is get dressed and brush your teeth. It's as simple as that, really. And it's, it's about making the day yours, claiming the day being intentional. There's, there's quite a lot of good psychology in there in terms of um, setting yourself a goal and achieving the first goal and then it sets you up for the rest of the day if you find that you've managed to make it to sort of midday and you're still in your pajamas then the day has officially beaten you and honestly you may as well just phone it in and go and watch netflix you've you've just you've lost and some days that's that's fine but most days if you can get into the routine it's really simple it's really free just get dressed brush your teeth Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point because maybe at first when you think, oh, I get to work from home, I get to be in my pyjamas, it seems like a real luxury. And certainly for me, as we entered lockdown, I thought, oh, brilliant, I can be in my pyjamas all the time. But after a while, it starts to feel really rubbish, actually, like the joy of wearing your pyjamas wears off a bit. Absolutely. And I think um, most people will have probably explored this. The first few days of lockdown and the first few days of working from home, you didn't do any work, be honest with everybody. You probably watched an awful lot more Netflix than you did. And I think that's an important process of working from home. It's realizing that um, the key word in work from home is work. You are still working. Just because you're at home doesn't really change a great deal. It just changes your environment. And actually, it makes it a very difficult environment to work in because there are so many temptations at home. You know, you've got a fridge full of goodies, you've got a TV packed full of good movies, and there's nobody looking over your shoulder. When when somebody gives you a deadline in the workplace, they're usually saying it to your face. At home, it's just an email. I think it's interesting because uh, speaking to our clients and also our peers who run their own businesses, there's quite a contrast actually between those who were rammed busy those first few days of lockdown and it probably felt like they were even busier than they were when they used to work in an office. And for a few people that still continued even though we're a few weeks into lockdown. Whereas others who are perhaps running their own businesses or haven't got as many big changes or deadlines going on, there was that tendency to fall into a bit of, oh, well, I can sit in my pajamas. So I think it's interesting for some people, this has been a really stressful work heavy time. Mm. And I think that leads me to top tip number two. Um, I'm gonna sound like a hippie, and 
for those that know me, that's not my happy place. Um, but top tip number two is to discover what your your personal rhythm is. So body, spirit and mind, what is your daily rhythm? And I think instinctively, a lot of us know actually what that is. And we may not describe it in those terms, but I think there is something uh, sort of subconscious about that. So I, I, for example, I would describe myself as an introvert and someone who is not a morning person. And that is part of my natural rhythm. So I know that I cannot do any decent work before 10 o'clock in the morning and preferably with nobody near me before midday. And in a workspace, that's it's, it's just not possible to achieve that. But working from home, I am able to achieve that. In the moment, obviously there's gonna be calls and things that I need to do before nine o'clock, but that's not always true. Mm. So most of the time, I can actually construct my day to work better with my, my natural cadence, if you like. And I can drink coffee, I can read the news, I can play with the cat, I can really ease myself into the day. And I'm so grateful for that. And I found it incredibly motivational. And then you combine that with getting dressed and brushing your teeth. And as I walk across the hallway into the office, I'm energized, I'm enthusiastic, I'm grateful about being at work. And I find that from 10 o'clock to 1 p.m., I'm then so productive. I can almost guarantee that I can do more work between 10 and 1, having had that introduction to the day, than most people can do in a full day of work in an office. And so it, it, the question between hours worked and productivity actually becomes quite an important one when working from home, because if you can arrange it so that you're working at your most productive time in your most productive space, and there's nobody there checking the hours you work in, what exactly does it matter? Mm -hmm. um, so productivity versus hours worked is interesting. And I think that's a really interesting, you know, we look at the management and psychology research over the decades, there's been this shift from managing by hours, managing yeah. by time spent yeah. at the desk to management by objectives. Yeah. So are you delivering the work? Because like you say, whether you deliver the work at eight in the morning or 10 or one, or 12 o'clock at night because some people are more night owls and that's how they like to work. Uh, I'm maybe the opposite. I'm much more of a morning person. So I do my best work around seven o'clock in the morning so I can have a really good run, but then I'm useless in the afternoon. Yeah. And so what I think is really interesting is for each person to spend time getting to know themselves and know how to work with their own rhythms as you describe it. Yeah, I mean, the best starting place is, are you a morning person or a night person? I think that's one of the easiest things um, you say about afternoons being a difficult time. I think for a lot of people that's true. It's certainly true for me. And I've noticed over the years that if I have anything bigger than a hobnob for lunch, <laughs> um, I need a nap in the afternoon. <laughs> Just like a toddler, I really do need a nap. And if I don't have a nap, I will spend two o'clock till four o'clock just clicking in circles and you know doing everything I can to to not actually do my work because I'm just not there. My, my brain has left the building and yeah. it's telling me I need a nap. Well, and that's the advantage, right, of working from home is unless you've got a meeting, a conference call 12 till two or one till three, you, you can do those things. Uh, and I think particularly in lockdown with people who've got family at home to say, actually, I'm gonna go play with the kids between one and three or have a nap and get my partner to play with the kids between one and three or whatever it is that works. How, how do you kind of split the day in a way that works best for you and for each other. Oh, absolutely, and I think if you can 
if you can understand, if you if you do happen to be working with um, a partner at home or a housemate or something like that, if you can understand their natural rhythm as well and find where it's complementary. And by complementary, I don't mean you do the same thing at the same time. In fact, quite the opposite. If you can build into your time, into your day, times where you're actually not in the same space and you're not doing the same thing, that makes it feel far more like a normal work environment so that when you do come to perhaps the evening and you're having dinner together, you can genuinely ask, how has your day been? And I think it, it can it can really help with um, with cordial relationships at home if you can if you can find uh, times to be apart but naturally apart as opposed to forcing that that time upon yourselves what other tips and advice would you offer people for working from home uh, tip number three is um, try to find a way to physically separate your workspace from your home space right uh, for some people that will be easier because they have perhaps a spare bedroom that they can convert into an office for others not so. Um, I did study in a bedsit. I have you know, run a business from a one bedroom house. It is possible, it does take some creativity, but it, it's, it's really important to do this because your home should be your sanctuary. It should be your safe place. And when you work from home, you are in effect inviting your work colleagues into your personal space and, and to your inner sanctum personal space, not not anything you know like in a work environment and that's actually quite a big deal you don't invite people you don't really like into your into your home all the time so having a laptop or big piles of paperwork or, or a monitor in your inner sanctum reminding you mm. of your boss who you perhaps don't get on so well with is looming over you, it, it will have an impact on your mental health without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and for example, at, at university, um, when I was living in the bedsit, I would literally just throw a, a duvet cover over my workstation. And it was a Star Wars duvet cover, so it was pretty cool. Nice. But it, it, it did mean that instead of, instead of seeing my lecturer's face nagging at me to get my, my, my right. stuff done, I was looking at R2-D2 instead, and that, that was actually quite powerful. So I discovered that quite early. Um, another good example uh, is a, a colleague of ours had uh, a small one-bed flat just outside of London, and she had a shoe cupboard in her hallway. It was quite a tall shoe cupboard. You know, it was a normal kind of cl cl closet, I think you'd call it. And she went to Ikea. She got one of those workstations with the slidey-out keyboard thing, uh, and it meant that she could have her entire office in her shoe cupboard. She could slide the keyboard out in the morning, right. open the door, slide the keyboard out. Uh, it was all there, all the paperwork was there. Throughout the day, she could spread out throughout the flat. But at night time, she could put it all back and she could, you know, physically and mentally put it Close in, the door. Close the door. Put yeah. it in its place. It's huge. Um, Tip number four. Tip number four, physical contact during the day is um, mighty important. Um, the reason I say this, particularly if you're currently working from home and your kids are there, uh, there's a very good chance that you want to kill them right now. Um, I get that. Um, and please don't. <laughs> In the short term, please don't. Um, but no, hugs and long term, and surely. Long, I don't know about that. Um, but, but hugs... Um, it's oxytocin 
basically. So when we when we have physical contact with another human being, uh, our bodies release a hormone called oxytocin. There is a good deal of evidence to suggest that it's oxytocin that forms bonds between mothers and newborns. It's a good there's good evidence to suggest that it, it forms social bonds between people. Um, it helps to lower anxiety, which could we not all do with having our anxiety Absolutely. levels. It helps with relaxation. It builds trust within your immediate community. Um, again, it's free. It takes no more than sort of you know five or ten minutes a couple of times a day just to really hug it out. Um, and what I think it will do for a lot of families, I mean, it certainly helped... Um, me and my working environment at home is um, you begin to trust each other and you begin to forgive each other a little bit more quickly um, you begin to hold grudges for a little less longer and I think particularly at the moment and also for anybody working from home in the future th those things are invaluable right. um, because having a, an argument with a spouse or a partner or um, one of your kids whilst you're trying to work your day's written off mm. um, you, you've got a home business to attend to and there's very few people I know who will prioritise work over uh, an upset relationship mm. So, and you've got no escape you know if you have a an argument with a family member housemate and then the next day you go into work you've both got time to cool off get some breath get some fresh air you know right now you're in such a concentrated environment yeah. to leave a kind of yeah, grudge is really not helpful. So all of these ways to build trust and reduce anxiety sound really helpful. Absolutely. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier that, uh, certainly outside of the podcast, that it contributes to psychological stability. Yeah, so there's something about psychological safety, which, you know, future podcasts that we'll do on creativity and how to uh, remotely manage people. Psychological safety is absolutely fundamental because... It, as the term suggests, it's about feeling safe. Mm. It's your brain saying, I think I'm okay, I think I'm not under threat, and I'm safe here. And when we're not in that state, everything goes wrong because we're in that kind of fight or flight type way of thinking. Uh, whereas if we've got that psychological stability or safety, mm. everything's gonna work a lot better. One of the things uh, we spoke about earlier before coming onto the podcast is some of the downsides of working from home. I wonder if it's worth talking about a few of those and how people can recognise when they're falling into some of those traps and how to manage them. Uh, yeah, I think there, there are there are some. And I think, for, I mean, the first one I'm going to touch on is you, you need to guard against your view and other people's views of working from home. So when you say to somebody, I work from home, a lot of people will often respond, oh, isn't that lovely? Aren't you lucky? Actually, no, I'm not. I've, I work from home. I don't, I don't just live at home spinning in my chair looking at clouds. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, it, work, the home environment is not a great space to be working from quite often. So it's quite, it's quite hard to work from home. And if you have had a preconception of work, home workers before or you know of people who do have a preconception of home workers, you, you do need to toughen yourself against those responses because they, they can in potentially get you quite down. They can devalue your work, they can right. undermine your confidence, 
um, you know, you, that sense of, am I actually contributing here? Have I got it easy? Is another question that you'll find yourself in. Um, the second is apathy. Apathy is, is the great danger. And it, it's a perennial threat. It, you will find yourself struggling with this regularly um, because there is no social construct. You, you're working from home. You're often going to be by yourself. There is, there is no social construct to make you work. It's all self-motivation. If you have spent four days on a sofa eating Doritos and you are surrounded by wrappers and empty bottles of gin and you are spending more time scrolling through Netflix movies than actually watching Netflix movies, you have officially arrived at the the apex or the or the crossroads of of where apathy can take you um, if you continue down this road you will be certainly flirting with um, a mild form of depression and i think yeah i think both of us have worked with with individuals um, or either mentored them or, or or coached them around that kind of space mm. it's not clinical depression certainly but it, it's definitely the beginning of um darker days mm. and you need, you need to consciously choose to not walk down that path mm. um, and that's where you know tip number one it certainly helps in that just get out of bed get dressed brush your teeth have that intention have that intention for me a 40 to 60 minute break on Netflix is really enjoyable mm. whereas as you say if you then find yourself just scrolling through and you're not really enjoying it uh, it's a bit of a worry sign. And I think, again, that's the key thing for all of us is to pay attention to when am I actually enjoying my time and when am I just doing something out of habit that's maybe taking me down a not so useful path. Mm. Um, so it's great. Thank you. Mm. So we're going to wrap up there. And it's worth me saying that a future session, we'll talk about how to manage people when you're working from home. Because, of course, then you get into the trust issue of, hang on a sec, I'm working really hard this morning. Are you just in bed reading the news? Are you watching Netflix? What are you doing? So how do we manage when our team are working from home or doing that remote management piece? So uh, if you're enjoying this, hit subscribe. Join us again in future. Thank you very much.